Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. Thank you so much for joining us here on the program. Uh, I tell you this on every program, and I think it's worth repeating that we're here Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. on this fine station. We uh, podcast these programs not only on the homepage of richarddugan.com, but on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and many other locations that you folks are reposting to. Thank you so much for doing that. It helps to expand our reach. We also have video casts on YouTube, the YouTube channel, Richard Dugan. Just look for the guy with the hat, okay? Not that hard to find. Tell me your story, Richard Dugan. You'll find it on YouTube. And um, we also encourage you to go to our guest website, which we will be giving you in just a couple of moments so that you can continue your evolutionary process. We also encourage you, if you find that uh, what we are bringing to you is worth your time and energy, and uh, we certainly hope it is, and uh, it resonates with you, and you'd like to support us and be a part of the work that we're doing, uh, so financial support is always greatly appreciated. Uh, we uh, have PayPal and Patreon accounts for your security as well as ours. And we thank you, thank you, thank you for those who have helped. And I thank you, thank you, thank you for those who are going to help. We will even take energetic uh, support as well. So send us the good energy to keep this program moving forward. I'm very excited about the new year, but I'm also excited about the 2020s. The decade of perfect vision. We did 2020, the year of perfect vision. But here we are wanting you to spend time over the next nine years and hopefully beyond to go within, to listen to that still small voice, to follow the inspiration, to find that calm, peaceful, quiet place within where you can recharge and rejuvenate and re-energize and then get the guidance that you need to go out into the outer world and do the things that you came here to do that you your life's purpose is all about which is part of what our guest's life purpose is all about and we also thank her for joining us her name is uh, <clears throat> is Alexandra Sitch and she has a book <clears throat> that is right up my alley hopefully up all our alleys the Universal Language of Nature. It's a new way of, of conflict resol resolution and authentic leadership. And uh, I'm going to start out by not only welcoming you, but letting you know that I have been promoting the, the I'll, I'll call it a philosophy, in one sentence. Nature is our greatest teacher. Alexander, welcome. Thank you so much, Richard. You, thank you very much for inviting me and thank you very much for the listeners being there and sharing all this with us. Would you tend to agree that nature is our greatest teacher? I really believe so because we're all connected with each other, uh, with all other people, but we're also connected with nature. So um, in fact, uh, my mission is really, I am an international mediator and a life and healing coach working with nature and visualization techniques, energy work. And I empower, I empower people who want the freedom to be themselves by healing from the past so they can find their intuition, their felt sense and their inner compass and get on their unique life path or their unique soul mission thanks to nature and animals. So that's what I'm doing. And uh, that's also the reason I wrote this book, 
uh, because I see how much nature can do for us and animals. Uh, I wrote this book, The Universal Language of Nature, which is uh, available on Amazon. And uh, this really, uh, it really talks about that finding yourself is an inside job and uh, nature animals can help you. They will just mirror what you are, uh, what your relation is like, what your attitude in life is like, and your non-verbal communication, which is really essential in, in this life, finding your, your purpose and your, your inner compass to make the right choices, uh, really to, to, to find real happiness and connection with others. So um, maybe uh, for the next minutes, if you're okay with it, Richard, I'm going to show you a bit. Um, I'm going to share with you a little bit my, uh, my inner journey, my, my journey, my professional past, which uh, helps you a bit seeing uh, how I got onto this path and how I got to that, uh, that conviction that nature is and animals are so important to us. Uh, just in short, my professional story, uh, back in the 80s, uh, right out of school, I dreamt, of course, of a, a life full of travels. That was really my thing, interesting contacts in different cultures. I've always been a fish uh, in the water with my extremely different friends around the world. I studied international relations, languages, and conflict resolution, and I love to switch from one language to the other, connect just different people during negotiations and other professional situations. I worked in uh, peace-building organizations, NGOs, and also got some great international communication jobs in European companies, such as uh, European Com Commission, Western Hotels, Air France, uh, KLM Delta Airlines, uh, Accor, Puma Clothes, and so on, among others. I, I really noticed there that um, conflicts uh, between people and in teams could be for a great deal solved through dialogue and mediation, but there was often something missing. I saw so often that the same conflicts would uh, come up uh, again, would come up uh, research quite often. Um, also, at the same time, on a personal level, I um, a really turbulent love relation and a bit of a health crisis pushed me into the deep. I gave up a brilliant sales director job in the Burgundy area in France, where I had done some presentations and incentives regarding uh, the Burgundy history, culture and wines. And now with this new partner, I thought uh, I had already my new life planned in my mind, a life in the Highlands, managing character hotels and haunted castles and uh, offer them uh, to travel agents. Although at the time already, my intuition told me something else, there was something not right. And yes, my professional life worked out, but uh, my love life did not really. Uh, I was completely heartbroken, had this health crisis, had to take a break from my work and turn inwards. I just noticed that the most interesting journey is going deep down into, your, into the dark chambers of, uh, of my soul in that case. Really, you get questions like, uh, who am I? Uh, what did I really want to do in this world? 
uh, uh, chasing unavailable partners and fit into a life full of control maybe? Or could I embrace my vulnerable side, have faith in the waves of life and listen to my intuition and my heart? So also going for innovative visions and relations which really fitted me. Uh, solving conflicts and misunderstandings in different environments had been my specialty, but uh, inner conflicts were completely unknown for me. And I, uh, I started to dive into psychology books and energy work. Uh, one day I visited an, an equine assisted coaching congress, so a congress dealing with uh, therapy and uh, uh, alternative solutions uh, for coaching with horses, because I'd always been around horses, I just love them, and also other animals. And I just knew their magical power and wisdom. Uh, they showed me a mirror of myself and my relations during a session, uh, my place in life and the sort of relations I have, the dynamics. Uh, they came, for example, closer when I made an inner movement and would take a distance, uh, really stood much further away from me if I was not really my authentic self. I discovered how much animals or their energy can help us in our conflicts and uh, systemic influence which stems from the past and our childhood and also personal expression on a deeper level. So uh, the heart intelligence, intelligence when you use your entire body as an organ of perception uh, you embrace the world and sense your place in it more deeply, uh, guiding us towards a new balance. I started this training being a coach and therapist uh, with horses and other animals. And I became, uh, besides uh, the conflict mediator, I became an uh, equine-assisted and shamanic life and healing coach and worked with several companies and individuals all over Europe and also in the Middle East, uh, insurance firms, even banks, women associations and uh, psychotherapists, uh, because they, they were just, my horses are just great for looking at teams, how the dynamics are in a team, how the dynamics are in a bad relation, for example. And at the same time, with those horses, you can make inner movements and they will correct you and you will see what works and what does not work. You will see what, when you're authentic, when you attract the right relations and the right energy and when you're not doing this. I saw how much it empowers uh, managers and teams and individuals to heal from uh, uh, wounds from the past and focus on their intuition because don't forget your intuition is really your second brain, your felt sense. It's a higher wisdom which can tell you much more uh, uh, what is happening around you in your world. So after some years of experience and lots of insight during these sessions, I, uh, coached, I collected these experiences and uh, exercises in my best-selling book, uh, The Universal Language of Nature, A New Way of Conflict Resolution and Authentic Leadership, which is also available at Amazon. So to make this method really known and inspire people, how many more possibilities there are when you have got a lack of self-confidence or trauma or a bad relation. 
this method really embraces both the heart and the mind and works with nature and the power to heal and gain insight. And this, that's great. This is really even possible online. So I also do virtual coaching with uh, horses and animals and they just know about who we are talking. They just know uh, about what kind of relation we are uh, we're having questions and uh, if we have problems or not. So they just know, and you can, can do this all online even because they are just connected to a bigger field. Uh, it, in fact, it's, it's really uh, the sort of, uh, uh, you know, darkness which defies logic. That's so great about it. So in fact, my journey uh, started with the collective, with international relations, with companies. But at a certain point, I went back to myself and, uh, and the individual to really create more consciousness, more happiness. And this will certainly benefit society. It will create a more harmonious society when every person finds his life path, his or like his soul mission and his uh, real uh, inner voice. That's, that's really the message. So today, that's now what I'm doing. I empower women, but also men who want the, the freedom to be themselves by really healing from the past so they can discover their intuition and inner compass and get on their unique life path. So what is often the problem, the biggest challenge for so many people, that is, uh, many people do not feel good enough. They even are not aware of it, but they do not feel good enough somehow deep inside, especially women, I must say. And it's something subconscious, uh, something systemic from generations, maybe even. And as we are not healed from the past, what happens uh, if we have to carry this conviction with us all the time? Uh, we stay in bad relations, we're in a bad job, we feel unhappy about our lives. And as if we are not really seeing the way we really are. Uh, so many people are then looking for that freedom to be themselves, but how do you do that? Uh, it just does not have to be like this. Uh, there are ways to get out of this uh, vicious circle. Uh, so I help with trainings to get people on their life path, this soul mission, and really enjoying their life again or their relation. So um, there are some tools to get on this life path. Of course, intuition is very important. Uh, I normally describe it a bit with acronyms uh, to, to describe the points and steps which are important in this method with uh, animals and horses. Uh, I always use the word path, path from life path, mm -hmm. uh, not starting with a P, but starting with an H. So H, the H for healing. So healing from the past is uh, really a condition for happiness in your life. Uh, every person has been conditioned by his upbringing, by his parents, and even by past generations. Maybe you do not realize it, uh, you're not aware of it, but certain convictions and uh, behavioral patterns stem from the past or things which were tra transmitted by your parents. Uh, they are transmitted to the child or when you were a young person in his or her childhood, and they create lots of heartache. And after, after a while, you start 
uh, wearing masks, not the mask we are wearing now, but really masks to, uh, to, to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. And this can be useful in certain situations, but there are also situations you need to be authentic. And it's, this mask uh, maybe prevents you from meeting the right people, attracting the right situations and the right, uh, the right developments in your life. So um, often, well, this, with this healing, we know this is necessary because our self-love is hurt. Uh, we first need to embrace our inner child before we can go on and stand in our full power. So nobody can do this uh, for you. Only you can do it. I like to recall a client. I always remember her. Let's call her Monica uh, for private reasons, of course. Uh, she had an, um, an, um, a beautiful job as an account manager in a health insurance, very funny, health insurance company in Europe. But there were too many protocols, too, so many rules when people had to meet and they only talked about protocols and what, what needed to be done. There was too little exchange, no human contact. That really sucked. Uh, this was not her dream, uh, she, but she lacked simply the self-confidence and uh, so to, to change something about it. And uh, at a certain moment, she sat at home with a burnout. Uh, she came to me and we worked on her blockages uh, with visualization techniques, but also with the horses. And we worked on her self-love because also there are exercises with the horses when you're really uh, well-centered and when you're not, when you're not in your authentic power, horses just know. Uh, the horses showed her clearly that her parents had not given her enough attention. So somehow she had to create a new balance in this relation. Even, even if your parents were there, you can still create that balance because energy does not get lost. And there are exercises to embrace yourself in all aspects. So she felt empowered after all these sessions and quitted her job, uh, felt um, powerful enough to do so, followed her dream in music, because that was really her dream, started playing instrument again and became, with her new contacts, she attracted a successful event manager for concerts. So she's still working there and she's much more in balance than before. Uh, there's also the next uh, T for transformation is important. People need to transform at a certain moment if they want to be themselves. There are tools. Uh, we can transform our ideas about ourselves and therefore our lives and relations by finding our inner compass. So have you already asked yourself who you really are? This can only be found out by connecting with yourself and your inner wisdom. Again, so a wonderful tool are visualization techniques, meditation, and the animals again. Uh, the animals which are highly sensitive to these dynamics and the relation a person has with herself and others. Uh, they also transform your perspective on yourself and your life. They will show it in, your, in their language. They have a crystal clear, clear language. Uh, they'll show you if you're a really confronting person, if you are passive aggressive, or if you're more imbalanced, they will stand just next to you in peace, just in balance, in, uh, in a total calm, peace and quiet. 
So there are exercises again to get this uh, going. So by touching your felt sense and emotions, they create an inner movement and change of energy. So here again, I can share you a, with you a story about my client uh, um, who was always tired. Um, the relation was at a dead end and he, this person could not be himself. He came to me. He always was doing favors to others, but could not think of himself. Uh, we worked together to look at his tiredness. He was always tired. And during his sessions, he admitted that he was diagnosed by cancer. He had lost his dog recently. That moment, even the dog came in. It, it just showed that without even speaking, the dog came in suddenly at the moment. And this, this made, gave him a possibility to heal from his emotions of, of, uh, of loss, of, of grief. Uh, because before he couldn't express himself, this dog, which suddenly came into the session, made him cry. And this was a new start for taking action. Uh, although he had lost all faith in himself uh, and lost himself a bit in relations, and he had lost his self-worth, uh, we visualized uh, new situations. There were uh, exercises and constellations with the horses. We did trauma work with the horses, and after a few weeks, he felt much better. He uh, left his relation because somehow he was not himself with this relation. He found his own path, and after a while, he found this relation where he could really be himself and um, uh, where mutual respect was essential. They, they just were attracted to each other in a natural way. So he just attracted the right people by letting go of his masks and being himself and transforming. Um, the next point, which is important, another tool is, of course, another part, which is very, uh, really is essential in this method, being authentic. What is authenticity? So only if you're honest with your emotions, your own emotions, and you can embrace them, embrace your fears, but also your, 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 your happy moments, uh, and you can let them go afterwards, you can be authentic. Um, authenticity lies in the courage of being vulnerable and gives you the power to change relations and attract the right people and situations around you. You certainly have noticed um, that often when you did not feel well emotionally and attended, for example, a party without expectations, you suddenly had the best conversations ever and you had a, a great time. Probably know these moments. Um, so this is something which is very, uh, very important that you, you know that uh, being authentic, it needs an inner, your inner voice. Uh, following your intuition again and um, how do you find your inner voice there again uh, go into nature uh, listen to yourself uh, create silence and uh, see how you feel uh, if you have a question ask yourself your heart what do i feel with this does it give me space or does it oppress me and then you know what your truth really is so um, only if you focus on your heart and you can be silent, it will come to you.
And very often when you let go of your mind, it will even come to you sooner. So this is also a sort of faith, trusting yourself, trusting the waves of life. Very often by not, by admitting that you do not know with the mind, knowledge comes to you. Uh, it very often happened to me in many situations and moments I did not know what to do. It came to me, just be silent and silent, uh, silence the mind and often the soul will speak. That's a very good saying. Uh, there's another point which is important, that is the last point, the present. Do you live in the present? Because, uh, you know, living in the present is really an art. Uh, we are all worried about the things which yet have to be done in the future. Our washing, our work, our family, uh, obligations, uh, promotion, work promotion. We postpone very often the moment we can be truly happy. We forget that the most precious moment is now. It's really the present. Enjoy the presence of people around you and the simple things. Gratefulness gives a huge amount of positive energy. You certainly know that, uh, that uh, when you're grateful, it suddenly gives you another feeling. It's, it gives you the idea that you, you have got already so much. Animals only live in the present. They have a sort of unconditional love and um, react if you're not in the here and now. Um, nature is never in a rush, you know that. It takes care of everything happening at the right time. So you can also take your time for the things you need to do. What's your boundaries? Who are you? What do you need? Focus on it every day. What do you need today? And when you give enough positive energy and attention to yourself, you can also give this to others, like you are first, in fact, before you can give to others. Uh, so surrendering to the idea that having faith in life, in the present, and our divine being makes us a creator of our lives and creates uh, synchrony and many important developments just for you at the right moment. I do believe, uh, even really by working with the horses and listening to this body wisdom and having faith, things just happen at the right time, the right moment, the way it should be for you, so you can take, your, take on your unique life path. So in my training programs, we learn how we can find this authentic power in the present. Um, at the end now, so... I would love to share a short part of my book. Uh, you'll find more information about this method on uh, my uh, digital card, which is called elevate.bi slash sitch, S-I-T-C-H. And there you can even download um, a chapter of my book where I describe one of the sessions uh, this was about a conflict in a relation. Um, they did some marriage counseling. So that's really interesting to read how the horses reacted to it. So download it for free as uh, a free chapter. You can also look what sort of, uh, what sort of uh, um, workshops I do virtually uh, on the method I just described. And uh, at the same time, I'll read now another chapter to you 
from my book, uh, which talks about one of the masks I'm dealing with very often with people. That's the mask of, it's called the symbiotic mask. You probably know it. Um, I'll um, read this cha small chapter, it's a small part. It's called Symbiotic Mask. If, as a child, you do not have the opportunity to mentally stand on both your feet and make your own decisions, you will later have problems with autonomy. One seeks only harmony in order not to stand alone at the expense of one's own individuality and needs and ideas. The task then becomes the ability to learn, to demarcate and stand alone, ultimately discovering one's uniqueness. This sensitive person can slip into the world and skin of another person incredibly well and lose him or herself completely. On the other hand, this person can empathize with another as well, that is if he or she needs to set boundaries, he or she has the feeling of harming the other. A coachee was standing in the field with the horses and when she had chosen a place in the field, the horses ran around uneasily and even cut off her way and took her space. So she had to take a step back. They mirrored her situation in life. Can you recognize that in your life? The coach asked her. Yes, she said doubtfully. I find that other colleagues take advantage of me. I always do a lot for them, but I do not really know if it's appreciated. When the coach asked her to close her eyes and focus on her space, and visualize the limits. She calmed down and the horses again kept a certain distance. There was sudden peace and quiet when she did this exercise, which she could also use in her everyday life. As soon as a person really takes the place in life or in a company, he or she also dares to deal with others and no longer avoids conflicts. At the same time, he or she can also see what moves the other without being involved. So here I have also a small list, which is a question list, so you know under which mask you are and what you can do about it to be more open. Ask these statements again with yes or no. I often be responsible for others and their feelings or in my relationships, I tend to lose myself in the other, or I need others to make decisions or get a, a yes, a go for certain things I want to do. Next point, when I sit alone in a restaurant, I feel slightly insecure or in discussions, I usually give in or I often do things I do not really want to do. So this is just a little taste of the book, The Universal Language of Nature. For the other chapter, which is really great to read, and it gives you an idea how relations can be, how important self-love is, and how the horses also show you this, how they mirror uh, what is important in your life and in, in the present you are living in. 
you can download this chapter on elevate.bi slash sitch. Well, thank you so much, Richard. Well, you're very welcome. Uh, you're listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan. My co-host <laughs> is Alexandra Sitch. Uh, she has a wonderful book uh, that you definitely want to get a copy of, and it is entitled The Universal Language of Nature. It's a new way of conflict resolution and authentic leadership. And I like the path. I think that's uh, really very cool. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, path uh, the the P stands for faith because faith is spelled with a PH, right? Yeah. So you have faith, you have authenticity, you have uh, transformation and healing, not necessarily in that order. Uh, and speaking of which, you started out with healing. Um, we've talked a lot about that subject. And I being a Reiki master, uh, my wife as well, uh, as we were taught, we we may direct the energy to a particular person or situation, but we do not control the outcome. It is not our responsibility. It is not our place to do that. It is entirely up to the individual or the situation. So it raises the question then, if I'm sending an absentee healing to somebody, I'm not sending it to them to necessarily, let's just say, uh, restore them to perfect health. I'm sending the energy for them to decide what direction they want to go. And I've told this story many times. I'll keep it brief. My uncle on my father's side was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, we had just finished our training, so we asked for a photograph, took it home, gave him an absentee healing. After his funeral, my mother told us the story of how after the, we sent the healing and we let them know when we had done so, um, a day or so after that, he uh, got very angry and threw his medications against the wall, got in his wheelchair, wheeled across the, uh, the compound on the ranch where he and his family lived to have what you might call a closure session with his son. And then the next day he passed. Now, some would say, well, but he wasn't healed. Well, but as I said, that's not our responsibility. So we need to redefine or come up with another word for healing. Yeah. If, if that is not, if that concept of healing as we see it, I cut myself and it heals over and, and there's no scar. That's not, that's restoration in, in that sense, not healing. T define that for us in this context, would you? Yeah. Well, I believe you're completely right. Healing is not so much being so-called a perfect, become a perfect person and be suddenly completely healthy. No, healing is being able to get the space to take your own life path, to make your own decisions, to be free, to, to choose. I think that's, first of all, healing. And that you can go towards your own divine entity, your own divine being. And everybody has a different life path. Everybody makes different choices. I even believe every person gets a blueprint before he starts his life. You make choices. You as a soul, you have, uh, you have it all in your hands, in a way, with the whole divine, complete uh, universe, of course. You're connected to it. 
but we cannot judge the other. Every person has his own place and function on this earth. And I even believe at the present, we are here for a reason. We are now in very turbulent times. And I believe uh, we, have really, we are really the, the people, we are really the ones we have been waiting for. So every person in a way, now more than ever, needs to find his own life of what does he want to do in this world? How do we create a better society? I believe only by connecting to your divine being, to, to being yourself, look at what is your inner calling, your inner voice. So it has a much bigger picture than just you or me. It's, it's a, whole complete, a whole complete universe we are creating here with, uh, with what we have. Everybody's different. That's what I think, the feeling. I find it, uh, I was going to use the word envy, but um, I, I am excited by your connection specifically with horses. Uh, I love watching horse races. I, 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 and again, I, I love watching them, not for the race, but for watching the movement watching the power and the grace of these majestic creatures. And uh, I've heard a lot, I, 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 you've probably heard of, if not uh, seen or are aware of people they refer to as, say, the horse whisperer, you know, mm -hmm. kind of thing. And they talk about how the horse picks up on your energy if you're trying to, quote, unquote, break the horse or, or um uh, train the horse, but it's a wild horse. And so you have to go through this process and it can't be anything other than a gentle process. You cannot force this animal, um, this majestic creature, as I'd like to call them, you can't force them to do something they don't want to do. You have to do and transform yourself and then they will come to you. Exactly. And, and they will come to you when you are authentic. When you are yourself, they will come towards you. Are you not yourself? They will stay away from you. They, they have a certain, they do not connect. That's the interesting yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly what you're saying. And, and they are just, as I said, I, now we have, we don't have a horse, but we have a dog who's almost as big as a horse. And um, he's a big black king shepherd. His name is Angus. And when we're out in the yard and I'm throwing tennis balls for him to run across the yard and chase them, I see that same majesticness. Uh, he stands almost waist high. And when he runs, uh, it's just amazing the power and the energy that he is able to, uh, to generate, even in the small yard that we have. He really just, it's just incredible. Yeah. And yet he is the most gentle uh, animal. I've had people come over to the house on occasion and some of them, they stand back because he's so big. He looks kind of, kind of fierce, but he isn't. Uh, if you were to feed him by hand, he would actually take it almost with his lips. He, he knows he's got sharp teeth or he's got, you know, teeth in there that could hurt and he doesn't want to but he would love to have the treat you have. And he just takes it ever so gently. He, when I come home from work, he licks my beard, you know, 
uh, just to say hello, hello. Oh, it's so good to see you. I love you. I miss you, and so on and so on and so forth. But watching animals, we have five chickens too, and we 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 will sit out with them, and they'll jump up on our knee. I even have a picture of one who jumped up on my wife's head. <laughs> uh, we have five cats who sleep with us every night. Um, we've had uh, other animals as well. And it's just that whole aspect that you are talking about in regards to this universal language of nature. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a segment of our society that they know about this, but they don't understand or they're not making the connection. And I thought about this the other day in terms of ecosystems. And I would use the analogy of, a, of an internal combustion engine. All right. If you remove one element from that engine, let's say you remove the coolant or you move, remove the oil, or you remove a part, the engine ceases to function properly and may even burn out. And you could crack the engine block and then you're in a serious, serious hurt. Well, isn't the same thing true for nature and all of these different ecosystems uh, that we, we go in and, and we've been, I don't know about you there in the Netherlands, but here in California, we've been going through a series of, of droughts over the last 14 years. And we have millions of trees that are dead in the forests because they haven't been getting the water because of the drought. So now they're exposed to insects that burrow in and then kill the tree because the tree doesn't have any moisture to block them from burrowing in. So the trees die. Now we have the drought. We have dry conditions. We have lightning storms. Now we have forest fires, wildfires, they call them now. And then the animals scurry and run. If they, if they aren't burned alive, they, they run away from this fire. Now they're going into the urban areas and so on and so forth. And people complain that, oh, this is man's doing. Well, some of it is because we're building into the forest where we really don't belong. And that's one of the things I wanted to share with you, ask you about too. We live in a rural area of Santa Barbara. We've had bears and we've had bobcats and probably coyotes, squirrels, quail, blue jays, crows. I mean, and the list goes on of wild and deer, a family of deer mm -hmm. on the property where we live. And we just watch them. We don't interfere. We don't mm -hmm. try to, do anything, uh, you know, and it's sad when we find out that one of them was killed by another animal or sadly on the highway. Um, but we're in their territory. And even in the urban areas, we're still in their territory. How do we balance our existence with nature? Yeah. I believe there again, we need to connect not only to our minds because we have We've had, in fact, for centuries, we had quite a patriarchal society, which was all the time about uh, making more and more money, getting, uh, getting power. It, it was all about money, power, about, about development, you know, making money again with that. There has been too much, let's say, um, too much of an interference, interference in, in, uh, in nature. 
we've been too much, uh, uh, let's say, yeah, gaining from nature, but without really giving something back. This softness is what we need now. It's it's really having having respect for Mother Earth, having respect for animals, leave them also to space. And this is something you feel, you can feel it. How far can you go? Of course, we need to sometimes work with nature together, but there is there is a balance to be struck. You, you can work with nature without, uh, with, without destroying it, without going too far. We can be more ecological, but we all know we've been in a society where, where money has been a religion and this has gone too far. I believe yeah. there's so much more to discover for us, to work with nature in, mm. in so many sciences, also science. Science in, uh, we can have a science which is uh, in service of humanity, in service of nature. But we can also have a science in service of politics and money. So there lies the choice to be to be made uh, for us. What do we want in future? Because Mother Earth is still our home. So, yeah. well, I have I have um, uh, made the comment in the past regarding the conversations that take place over the issue of climate change, for example. And people, of course, they're, they, they say, oh, it's junk science and it's not true and this and that and the other thing. And I say, you know what? Set that aside. Just put it aside. We're not going to talk about the science. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Don't you think that we should at least clean up the home on which we live? Okay. This has nothing to do with science or climate change. This has to do with the filth that we have spread across uh, this this planet, this great and beautiful planet that we have been been given, yeah, you exactly. know, and but it, it all is, starts with education. It's, it's all with education. Do we learn at school and to go into nature? Children which start to know a bit more about knowledge about animals. How do trees grow? What do they need? Don't throw away your fields, but just tidy it up. Make make little clubs people who, who learn about it. Children can learn this so well, and to, to create empathy, empathy development is essential now, just especially now with nature and with children. Otherwise, we, be, we become a society of robots, and that's what we don't want, I think. Yeah, so. it's, it's almost like, how much do you really need? My wife and I have been paring down for the last 14 years. When we moved from Phoenix to Santa Barbara, they loaded all of our belongings up in an 18-wheeler cab-over moving van, filled it front to back, top to bottom. And then we even had to rent a U-Haul trailer to put behind our Subaru. And then I had a van with the rest of our stuff and two of our animals, two of our dogs at that time in the, in the van. And we traveled across country. And when they got the moving van to our house where we, we now live, and they gave me the bill, they said, this is based on weight. How much, uh, how much your things weigh? I had to pay, I think it was $5,000 for nine. Was it nine? No, it wasn't that much. And maybe it was, uh, but it was like eight or 9,000 pounds of stuff. Now, one of those items was a piano, but still it was, it was like, you got to be kidding me. And I have, my wife and I have both been working very hard 
But here's the downside to downsizing. Where's the stuff you're getting rid of going? That's the other part of it. And are you going to replace what you just got rid of with something else? Or are you going to make do with what you've got? And this is the thing that, that is a little paradoxical. And that is that even if I was to stop and encourage other people to stop buying this or that or the other thing and start reusing some of the things that we have, the manufacturers are still making the stuff, whatever it is. And it's, it's like, we've got to figure out how to change the, the paradigm. As we talk about this, tell me your story, new paradigms for a new world. And, um, and we just, we just really need to do that. And I, I also share one other thing with you too. And, and this is not, uh, uh, this isn't a political statement, but, in, in, uh, in the transition period of our uh, president-elect, um, uh, he's, he's, been, he's been blocked at almost every turn from trying to get moving forward with the transition into his presidency on January 20th of 2021. And most people with all of the, 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 the problems with getting what they need would moan and groan and complain but he's doing the very thing that this philosophy I've lived by for years epitomizes. Work with what you have until you get what you want. He's getting what he needs by other means. He's found other ways of continuing the transition to the presidency instead of just, you know, hands in his lap, just waiting and waiting and doing nothing. And that to me is the greatest example that a president, a leader, period, can give to citizenry. And so until we can get the manufacturers to maybe slow down, but that's the other thing is, it's like with COVID, the most important thing to most everybody is the economy. But if everybody dies, you have no economy. And we here in the United States, as of our conversation, we've already lost a quarter million human beings not numbers, not statistics, human beings. 250,000 people are gone. And it, it's almost as if the systems and the powers that be, they just don't care. And that's probably what hurts the most. And that's why what you're talking about with this universal universal um, language of nature, this this book that is now available at sitchmeditation.com, um, is we've got to get back to the heart. Exactly. And that's why we promote twenty the 2020s, the decade of perfect vision, going within. Um, I'm curious. You mentioned at the front end of the program about your health issues. How is your health today? I am, I am in fact, in a perfect good health right now. I, um, I must say there is a relation between emotional and physical health. Are your emotions okay? Can you pay enough attention to yourself? Good food, time for yourself. Do things you love, just love already. Be with the right people who give you energy and not take only energy, you know, there's also a balance to be struck. You can feel it, is something sucking out energy or somebody or not. So there, you should also, everybody must make a choice somewhere. 
So I made these choices and I feel much more imbalanced than before by taking my emotions seriously. I also have a better health and I really believe there is a, there is a connection there. So I would say to everybody, I'm sure you agree with me, take time for yourself and the people you love and the things you love. Yeah. Take time Absolutely. for it. And, yeah. uh, and if this isn't too personal a question, how's your love life? <laughs> That's much better now as well. As I said, right. attract the right people, the right situations by just being myself. I think lots of people would agree with me. Yeah. You cannot live the life of somebody else. Yeah. Now, you talked earlier about masks as well, and I'm quite familiar with that concept because... Uh, of some of the programs I've been through um, and uh, how we put on different masks depending upon who we're with or where we are. Uh, and it's maybe it is a, a certain form of protection, but uh, it, it's also something that we've been told that we must do. Now, um, on the one hand, I can give our former president credit for not wearing the masks that people expected him to wear. All right. I can give him credit for that. Although I'm not happy with the masks that he was wearing because it alienated almost everybody. And it's like that, that doesn't work in a society where we're supposed to work together to accomplish things. Now, I don't know about you and I'm not sure about the Netherlands or Europe or, or what have you, but the last time that we here in the United States and the world joined us, the last time we ever accomplished something of a positive nature that everybody, just about everybody was in support of and behind and, in, and, and just charged up and emotionally, yeah, this is cool, was in the 1960s with the space program. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't landing an American on the moon. It was landing a man a human being on the moon. And to me, that was the last time that we as a species, whether it be a country or the world, joined together, even though they may not have been a part of the process, they were a part of it because they were human beings too. And they waited and watched with bated breath, so to speak, and hoped and prayed that everything would come out okay and the men would come back safely and on and on and on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the last time. Yeah. yeah. Nationality like that. and we religions are just illusions, in fact. We're all human beings. That's at the end of the day. That's the, that's the, the end line. It's really mm. the, the conclusion, in fact. We're all human beings and there's so, there's so much in common. And also in the States, there's now so much, let's say, so much conflict. Uh, but at the end of the day, the motives of each person are the same. We all want love. We just want to be able to live, yeah. do the job we like, uh, do the things we love and have just freedom. Everybody has with this the same requirements. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, what was your philosophy growing up? I know what it is now because you have the book, The Nature of the, uh, the, the, uh, uh, <laughs> the Universal Language of Nature. Um, 
so what what did you start out with coming into this world? Oh, that was much more. I think everybody, uh, our whole generation of the 50s, 60s, 70s, we have all been very conditioned because we grew up with parents who had lived through wars, through crises, even maybe sometimes really difficult situations. Mm -hmm. So um, creating security, uh, uh, keeping everything safe, uh, following certain plans, control, sort of control of life. That is something also grew up with. It's good to have a certain control, but you mm -hmm. must also be able to let go of that control sometimes, let go of the control of the mind by just being yourself and give life a chance because we are really, we are really in a society and our generation has really grown up with that control rules, uh, certain dogmas, maybe even things you had to, you had to respond to, you had to, certain expectations, you know, and um, we are now going, I see this with people of my generation, we are all going more our, maybe follow more our heart. And I think that is a good development. You can't exclude the mind, of course not, but the heart and uh, yeah, your intuition has such a, such a big role to play. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, there was a part of me that was, was not really kidding when I said that I'm Richard doing your host and my co-host is because <laughs> that's the first time and probably to our, our listeners uh, uh, glee in one sense uh, that for nearly a half an hour, I sat here and I listened to what you were saying. You had so much to say, and I appreciate the fact that you sort of took the lead in that regard. And, and, and what's interesting is, as you're talking, I'm thinking of the questions that I'm going to ask, and then you'd answer them. And so I would think of more questions to ask, and you'd answer them. And I'm going, boy, this interview is going very well. This is, this is an easy one. <laughs> but, it's, but it's beautiful because it's in wonderful synchronicity with what we have been talking about on this program with a myriad of guests, with our philosophy of new paradigms for a new world, giving people choices and knowledge of those choices to help make their dreams come true, finding those new ways of living, which really aren't new. Uh, they're really old, um, but they're definitely necessary. They're important. And that is to reconnect with nature. And I've been sharing that with people for years. I don't care where you live. You could live in Manhattan. Go into Central Park, doggone it, because you can find a relatively quiet, peaceful place there just for a few minutes, just to watch the birds, because there are birds there, and so forth and so on, um, and uh, just and relax. And I just find it interesting that you don't have to do it for very long. Five minutes of meditation, and speaking of which, sitchmeditation.com is your website, and you give examples uh, in, in your book as well as on your website of, of ways and things that you can do as far as your meditation uh, practice that um, can help uh, to, to, to give us that peace and that calm within so that when we go without into the rest of the world, we have a little bit more equilibrium, a little more balance, uh, a little more peace and calm. It doesn't change our personality it just changes uh, our energy. We can f better focus our energy on what we need to be doing. Exactly. Yes. Is your book in audible form yet? 
It's not in audible form yet. It's an ebook, but it will come out also in an audible form. Working on it to come out in another one soon. So keep you updated. Well, I'll tell you if if you haven't already lined up someone, I produce audiobooks as well, and uh, I have a blast doing it. Not only because I get to read another book, but also because I get to work with people and and so forth. I've even recorded them, although it wasn't audible back when I was doing it. My first wife was totally blind, and I would record different books like uh, like uh, James Redfield's Celestine Prophecy or Jerry Jampolsky's Love Is Letting Go of Fear and. And I think I even might have recorded uh, one of Ramdas' real thick books that he put out back in the '80s and early '90s. Uh, so it's 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 just it's a, a wonderful experience not only to produce but also to listen to. Uh, and when you have the right reader uh, who can convey your meaning and your sense, unless you are the reader. Uh, which obviously then you are going to convey the, those, the richness of the meaning that you put into the words. It's just a great experience to be able to do that. Uh, and I, I have to say, I, I loved doing it when I was in my early, uh, early years, teens and early 20s, uh, listening to recordings for the blind and, uh, and talking books for the blind. And uh, it, was, it was a great experience uh, to have that opportunity. And now everybody loves it. Because you can be doing other things, too, while you're listening to his books. We listened to Dan Brown's um, uh, Da Vinci Code while we traveled to and from Santa Barbara when we lived back in Phoenix. So great experiences. Although I think it would have been a lot of fun, taken longer, if we had ridden horseback from Phoenix to Santa Barbara. That would have been a blast. And I have not really been on a horse. My wife had one when she was a kid growing up. Um. Let me ask you about horses. Uh, we touched upon it a little bit. What is the one thing about them that just really um, wows you, that puts you in awe of them? Well, what I've noticed already years ago when I started riding horses, I still ride them, but I also just work with them, as I said, in coaching sessions. But what I really love about them, and I discovered more and more, they are really there to help us. Uh, the interesting thing is that they are so connected to, to the bigger field, and maybe um, mentioned it before, but they, they, are, they are connected to a quantum field, and it's somehow a field where all information has been stopped of all the centuries of you, of, of, of your past, of your relations, somehow they just seem to know. And I had several times, I had sessions where somebody, a, a grandmother came up and, and, and with the horses and, and they just knew there was this grandma here and the coach, she had something to, to do with this grandma because there was a certain dis, disbalance, a dysfunction in their relation and it had to be done. And the, the horses just pointed her to that, there is your grandmother. And the grandmother was represented by a mare, another horse, and she was standing there very heavily. And um, the, this, this, co this coach, she, it was a woman at the time. She had to, she had to, 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 to do something with that horse and put something back there, um, a burden she had from the past, from this relation with her grandma. And it was wonderful at a certain point that this horse was just, it just relieved and relaxed again once that was done and pointed out, went towards her, to her heart. And there was this, suddenly this energy again she had, 
she had gone through um, a process where she felt relieved that something, a burden had been taken away. So horses know so much more than you think. They just yeah. know. Yeah. Well, for me, it's the power when they're running. Yeah. And oh. the power, of course. Oh, Riding yeah. them is beautiful. It's a feeling of freedom. Yeah. Um, uh, lots of depressed people feel much better once they've brushed a horse. They've been just busy with the horse. There's a certain thing in this energy. They, they would put you in a in a full position just to protect you, to just to to give you a sort of unconditional love, and that is something which which is wonderful for people who are maybe or have this problem, maybe with autism or depression. That really helps them. Even just something simple like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Alexandra Sitch, I thank you so much for giving us this hour to talk about your work and the book, you, The Universal Language of Nature. And we encourage people to go to sitchmeditation.com. Give us that other website that you referenced for a, uh, what is it, a free download of a chapter of your book so that people. Yes, uh, this can be done on the, the digital card, which is called elevate.bi slash sitch so elevate dot bi berlin e edward slash sitch and you'll find all the information there as well and you can download the chapter excellent and hopefully when we are able to uh start communing again uh and you're here in the states or maybe by then i'll be in ireland with my wife and we can meet somewhere in the middle oh i don't know like paris france or something and um, maybe do another program, but we don't have to wait that long. We can do another program because I know there's still a lot more to talk about. And again, I thank you so much for uh, joining us here on the program. Thank you so much, Richard. It has been great meeting you and talking to you. I thank all the listeners sharing all this with us. Yes. I have some final thank questions you. for you before I let you go. Uh, before I let you go and ask those questions, let me remind our listeners that we're here Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday mornings at 1 a.m. streaming live at richarddugan.com. We have the podcast both at richarddugan.com, but on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and many other locations you folks are reposting our interviews to. And we're on YouTube with these interviews, the video portion of these interviews uh, with the audio. It's not just the video. It's not a, it's not a silent film. Uh, and you'll be able to uh, see and hear us both uh, talking about all of this good stuff. You'll see the website, her picture of her book. We encourage you to go to her website, sitchmeditation.com, and find out more. Order a copy of the book via Amazon or any of the other wonderful places where it's available. So we certainly hope that you will do that. Also, if you are able to do so, support us financially. Uh, PayPal and Patreon accounts are on the homepage and the missions page of richarddugan.com for your security as well as ours. And we thank you, thank you, thank you for supporting us. And we thank those who will support us. Uh, also, spend some time going within. We've talked about it. Alexander's talked about it over and over again here on the program. It's vital, folks. It, 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 will, it will be the fuel, spiritual fuel, if you will, energetic fuel that you need to continue, uh, to continue running your engine, as it were with all of the parts there, all of the components there, okay? And uh, so anyway, that's, uh, that's the list of those things. Now to the three questions that I'd like to ask all of my guests. You've probably answered them during the interview, but I'd like to ask them directly. And the first is, who is Alexandra Sitch? Who am I? From my profession, you would like to know. 
are my real. I'm a person. I'm a woman who loves, who has a passion for life, for relations, for cultures, for the world, for humanity, for nature very much. Yes. And I try to connect all those. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? I would love uh, people to connect with themselves, with their inner divine being, and connect with others, because that's what we want. We want a society full of love, empathy, compassion, joy, and just enjoying life and nature. Finally, what is your life's purpose? My life's purpose is really uh, is uh, spreading peace and love. For me, that's important on, a, on an international level, just uh, connecting cultures with each other so that there's understanding for each other, uh, understanding for each other's uh, social codes, for um, uh, taking away misunderstandings, but also in, on an individual level, let people find harmony within themselves. So that is my path of healing and life coaching. And this is our first interview going all the way to the Netherlands and we're hitting more and more spots around the world. And it's very exciting to, even if it's virtually travel, uh, it's, it's really kind of fun to, uh, uh, to do just that. And I thank you again for joining us and being a part of uh, Tell Me Your Story. Thank you. It has been great, Richard. Thank you so much. I'd like to thank you for listening to Tell Me Your Story and or watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast podcast videocast, love to lol.